Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. We all have limitations in life. A sign of maturity is to recognize our limitations and rise above them by making a choice to change. It starts with trusting God, seeking His wisdom, and committing ourselves to the dreams He's put in our heart. And now for this week's message. Our message this afternoon is that we can lead despite the limitations that you might have in your life. We're all called to lead. Our church needs more leaders. The community needs more leaders. More leaders needed in every really field of life. And uh, as a church, in May, we're going into a new phase. New life groups are starting and so forth. And sometimes we ask people to be involved. and They'll say, well, you know what? I like to, but I'm limited by this or I'm limited by this or certain things. And it holds us back the limitations that often we place on our own life or we don't recognize limitations that we can't change. They're actually assets, and you can leverage them and make more of your life despite your limitations. I think that's what Nick did. I think despite the fact he's got no arms or legs, he actually took that, and, and God used it to give him more of an audience than if he did have arms or legs. So it's an incredible story. If you look at the Bible, there's lots of examples that people had huge limitations in their life. And yet, despite the limitations, they went on to do great things. Moses, for example, undoubtedly one of the greatest leaders of all time, he had limitations. The way he was raised, the way he was, you know, had to grow up as really as an orphan in another home, the fact that he couldn't speak well, he had to get his brother to come speak for him. That's a limitation. But despite that, he became a great leader. You can look at Joseph. He ends up in Egypt, of course, sold into slavery. That might be a limitation. He came from the... Some of you can relate to this. He came from a dysfunctional family. You read his story, just really with fresh glasses, take the stained glass windows off the story of Joseph, and you go, my goodness, that family was messed up. And yet, through that, he rises up. He also gets a criminal record. Despite his criminal record, he becomes a prime minister of a country. Limitations, you better believe it, but he overcame limitations. You can take a look at Gideon. You could take a look at Peter. Peter's an interesting case because Peter fails big time, denies the Lord three times, and thinks it's over. After the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, he says, you know what? I don't think I have much ministry, so I'm just going to go back to fishing. But our Lord talks to him, encourages him, and of course we know that that limit is removed from his life. And he goes on, becomes part of his life, is used. We understand the power of forgiveness because of it. So in life, people have overcome limitations. You can look throughout history. You can take somebody like Helen Keller. She had huge limitations, blind and deaf, yet we know that she was an amazing communicator and writer and all the rest of it. As Canadians, we cheer on Terry Fox. He's no longer with us, but he's still making contributions. We have the Terry Fox run and... A lot of money's been raised to see the answers come for the cure to cancer because of Terry Fox. Did he have limitations? Absolutely. But he overcame that limitation, and we know the rest of the story. Nick, here's another great example. Uh, Somebody today who's making a huge difference, limitations for sure, but hasn't stopped him from doing great things. Now, there's none of us here that don't have a limitation of some kind. Uh, A couple points we just want to share with you. One, you can lead despite the limitations in your life. And secondly, everybody's got limitations. 
Sometimes we want to play the pity party, say, oh, woe me, you know, others, if I was just like them or like somebody else, I wouldn't be limited with what I could do. If I just had their family connections or if I was born in that country, if I had this money, if I had this, I had that, and we have these limits on our life. Well, God's got good news for you this afternoon that there is a God who will take you past the limits that are on your life, and you can lead despite that. There are times we have to under go through and make choices in order to get through them. And as we saw in that video, Nick made some amazing choices. He could have just said, woe is me, no arms, no legs. At one point, he even wanted to commit suicide. But in order to go through limitations, we have to make a choice to change. If you're filling in the blanks, you'll want to put those words in there, a choice to change. You've been dealt certain things in life. A lot of things you can't change. It's just You can't change, for example, you can't change your age, right? You got to... Now, I know some of us try to change our age. We've been 29 for a long time, but honey, we know you're not 29. Or we, whatever, we have things in our life we can't change. We can't change where we were born. We can't change our nationality. We can't change the relationships that we were born into. There's, there, you can't change our gifts. Some of us would like to get a new set of gifts, but you got dealt where you got dealt. And uh, nobody gets dealt a whole deck. You know, if you go to a symphony, every instrument's playing their part, and it sounds beautiful. Nobody was given all the gifts. It's not designed that way. God designed for each one of us to have a gift and a role to play. He compares us to a physical body. Some, one's an arm, one's an ear, one's an eye, one's a foot. And, but together, we make this symphony. Uh, he says, every joint supplies. That's how it all comes together to one. And, and so there is a limit. It's a God-given limit that we don't have everything. So our role is to, as we have limits, don't let us hold us back, rather make some choices to change and move on. People who change, they do it when they hurt enough that they have to. Some people will just get to the place, okay, this hurts too much, I'm going to make a choice, I don't have to live under this. That's what happened to Nick, he was hurting, he was going to commit suicide, but he decided to change instead of staying there. People change when they learn enough that they want to. Last week's message, if you missed it, go back to the podcast and get that one because that was about lifting people to another level. And we want to lift people up, but at the same time, we need somebody to lift us up. And sometimes that comes in the form of books or a podcast or you watch a program. We don't always get to talk to the people, but we can listen and and learn that way. And if you listen enough and you learn enough and you're hungry enough, you'll find that it lifts you up and leads you past your limitation. A few weeks ago, we told you the story of Peter Daniels. Peter Daniels uh, grew up in poverty. Peter Daniels failed his grades. And one of his teachers said, Peter Daniels, you'll never amount to anything. And this is what he grew up with and became a limiting factor over his life. He went into business. He failed three times, went bankrupt three times, and began to realize that in order for me to break through this limitation I have on my life, I'm going to have to learn and grow. So one of the things he did, which was brilliant, he began to read autobiographies of people that broke through limitations in their life. He didn't read one autobiography. He didn't read two autobiographies at this point in his life. He didn't read five. He didn't read 20. He didn't read 100. He didn't read 1,000. He read 2,000 autobiographies of people who broke through the limitations of their life and came to the realization, I too can break through these limitations I have in my life. Yes, I was born poor. Yes, I failed those grades. But I am not going to stay here chained to this limitation. I am going to break through this. 
And so he came to a place where he learned enough to change, and the rest is history. Uh, then some people change when they receive enough that they're able to. And that's important. You have to receive in order to break through the limitations. In The story's been told, and perhaps you've heard it, in, in India when they train elephants for the circus or they train elephants to work. When the elephant is a baby, they'll take a heavy chain and they'll tie it to the elephant's foot and then they'll drive a stake into the ground. That elephant will wrestle with the chain and the stake for months trying to get free, but it's not strong enough to break free from the chain. And it grows up with this mentality that when the stake is in the ground and my leg's got a chain on it, I can't go anywhere. I am limited by the stake and the chain. Of course, as the elephant grows up, it grows in strength, and it's more than strong enough to walk away with the stake of the chain at any time. But it's been so Im- embedded in it that you have this limit over your life that all they need, this huge, powerful elephant, they just put a little chain or even sometimes just a rope around it and put a little stake in the ground, and that elephant doesn't go anywhere. It's so limited. And some of us in our lives, people have put a limit over our life when we were younger. That's what happened to Peter Daniels. Somebody said, you'll never amount to anything, Peter Daniels. You failed that grade. You failed that grade. You are chained. You're staked to that forever. And sometimes it's been a coach, a teacher, or a circumstance in our life. Maybe all our ancestors, we, we came, we worked in Tennessee for one year, and we saw a welfare society where dad was on welfare, grandma was on welfare, great-grandma was on welfare. They came from a welfare society, and they just believed that they're going to be on welfare. But how many know that that limitation can be broken? You do not have to stay there forever. And God had a way of, has a way of helping you break through those limitations no matter how they've come over your life. Now, we must tell you also that some of the limitations, some things you just can't change in your life. We, we've mentioned some of them. You can't change your age. Uh, Lucille Ball, I like what she said. Knowing what you cannot do is more important than knowing what you can do. Sometimes it's just good to know what you can't do. Because then you can focus on what you can do really well and do that with excellence and watch God go ahead and work through your life. Okay, let's talk about how do we deal with the limitations in our life. Because you have limitations, I have limitations, organizations have limitations, our church has limitations. We're limited in, in what we have for funds. We're limited in, in this or in that. Everybody has limitations. So how do you deal with it so they don't hold you back from the dream that's in your heart. Number one, perhaps most important, depend on God and seek wisdom. If you're filling the blanks, the word is wisdom. You need to ask God for help. God's very much aware that we are limited, and if we're not aware of it, the sooner we figure that out, the better. We are finite beings, amen? Finite creatures. God is infinite. And when we get to the place where we say, God, I just don't know what to do, that's not a bad place. That's a good place place. Because at that place, God can step in and help us. As long as we think we can do it, then, well, then God's not there. But when we get to the place where I've hit a ceiling, I've hit my limit, I don't know what to do, that's a good place. You may hit your limit as far as finance. You may hit your limit in, I don't know what to do with my teenage daughter. How do I take her through this? I talked to somebody this past week. They have a son who's in his teen years. And Dobson said, Dr. Dobson, those are the two most challenging years of your life, 13 to 14. That age is so critical. And this father wrestling with, how do I lead my son through these, this period of his life, hitting a zone of 
God, what do I do? You're in a good place. Look at this verse, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. It's in your notes. Good to follow along on this one. It says, call to me and I will answer you. Now, right there, that's enough. Folks, that's good right there. Call to me and I'll answer you. You know, God wants to answer you. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I phone people and they're not answering. Have you ever got a text from somebody? And you know, I won't text them. I'm just going to give them a call and they don't answer the phone. I'm like, I know you're there. You just text me. Come on, answer the phone. You know, God answers the phone when you call. He answers when we call. And we could all call God right now. We could all talk to God about a different need right now. And guess what? He'd handle all the calls. Because he is not finite like we are. He is infinite. He can handle every call. So that's, first of all, call on me, God says, and I'll answer you. He wants to answer when we call. He knows we hit limits. He says, call upon me. I'll answer you. Now, let's read on. And I will show you, show you great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Fenced in and hidden, which you don't know. Do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. There's just times we hit a place in our life, we just say, I don't know what to do. There's a limit. I can't take my business past this. I can't get past this block in my education. Or I've hit this limit for whatever reason. And you say, I don't know what to do. God knows how to get you past your limitation. You just don't understand it, but he will show you how to get past there. That's a good verse. If you've got nothing else, just take that verse with you today and meditate on it because this is a powerful, powerful verse. And he says, I will show you. Show you. God comes along and says, let me show you how to do this. Ever gone onto a computer program or something? Man, I just don't know what to do. Somebody else sits down beside you and says, okay, now press that key. Go there. Go there. Oh, that's how you do it. They showed you. God comes alongside you and says, I know you're stuck. I know you're limited. But let me show you. It's hidden from you, but it's not hidden from me. George Washington Carver. You've got to look this guy up if you're not familiar with him. Famous. And if you've ever eaten peanut butter, you can thank George Washington Carver someday. George Washington Carver, 1800s, born into slavery. That's a limitation. His color prevented him from going to school. That's a limitation. He, had, he was poor. That's a limitation in life. The guy had many limitations. He had a gift. One of his gifts was working with plants. He was nicknamed Plant Doctor. It wasn't until he was in his 30s that he finally was finished school and able to go to university. And he prayed. He says, God, show me the secrets of the universe. Very audacious prayer. And God responded to him, your brain isn't big enough for it. And he says, well, then show me the secrets of the peanut. Because they grew peanuts. He said, well, show me the secrets of the peanut. How many good things can come out of a peanut besides peanut butter? What else could come out of a peanut butter or out of the peanut besides peanut butter? But there is over 300 products to his credit that he developed from peanuts. Everything from peanut oil to, uh, boy, what else is there? Uh, cooking oil, paint. Uh, here's one. You ever colored with Crayola crayons? You can thank Carver for that because he invented that how they put that together so you could color with a Crayola crayon, the dye that went into it. There's lots of things that he contributed to the scientific world. And do you know where he got it from? Jeremiah 33, 3. God, show me. Let me understand. God unlocked for this fellow who was very limited the secrets of the peanut. Could God do that for you? 
Could he do that for you in this world where you work and where your giftings are? Absolutely. Is God a respecter of persons? No. What God did for George Washington Carver, he could do for you. He was limited, but look what God did through one man, George Washington Carver. So he can do the same thing for you. So depend on God. Number two, depend on others. You can't retreat into isolation. One of the reasons people stay in their limitation is they isolate themselves. They retreat, and they go into pity party mode. Oh, I'll never amount to much. You know, this is what I was born into. Here's my limiting factors. Nick could have done that. No arms, no legs. It would be very easy to live in isolation. Look at me. I'll never get married. I, I'm still amazed. The guy got married. That's cool. Like, there's, you know, if you're here like, oh, you know, I am severely limited. Nobody would want to marry me. Take a look at Nick as inspiration. Married. Uh, the guy surfs. How do you do that? You know, I don't know. I can't surf, but I got arms and legs. So he's, he's overcome limitations. But he's, in doing that, he's learned from others. And that's the key. You have to have come out, have read and, and study and let others speak into your life. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That's key. Number three, we've got to move along here, humility. If you want to break through the limitations in your life, humility is key. And that is, it's tied in with getting help from others because you have to be able to say, I need some help. If you, don't say, I don't, if you never come up and say, I need help, nobody comes alongside to teach you, to mentor you. Or if you can't say things like, I made a mistake. Because a lot of times, in order to get past the limitation, we have to make a number of mistakes to get past the limitation. Remember Thomas Edison? He wanted to invent the light bulb. 10,000 mistakes later, he gets the light bulb working. But if he, he had to be able to say, I made a mistake. Or we have to sometimes say, I'm sorry. I need, these are hard sentences to say because they make us very vulnerable, very honest, very humble. But God gives what? To the humble. Gives what? Grace. And to the proud, he opposes Grace is favor. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's his ability put into your lap, and it requires humility. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. <clears throat> Number four is perspective, being thankful for what you have. This is huge in order to break through the limitations in our life. It's kind of strange, but Nick actually is thankful that he has no arms and legs. Oh, really? He's thankful for it. He knows he's not going to grow arms and legs, but he's thankful for his present state he, because he feels, believes that I am beautifully and wonderfully made. The key to heaven, the password in the kingdom of heaven is the word thank you. We come before his presence with thanksgiving. If we live in a world of complaining and grumbling, it, we can't get through our limitations whether your limitations be relationship, whether your limitations be finance, whatever it is, if you live in an attitude of complaining and grumbling, you can't get through it. There's something about the power of being thankful. In everything, give thanks. That's your memory verse for the week. In everything, give thanks. The Bible says that when you pray, you pray with thanksgiving. It's the key. It's the password. And to go through limitations, whatever's holding you back, there's something about being, God, I thank you for what I have. I thank you for what you've given to me. I come to you with thanksgiving. It's so key in breaking through what would limit our lives. And even today as we share this message, just God, thank you that I could be here. Thank you that I could learn this. Holy Spirit's trying to teach us something here today. I don't know what your limiting factor is. But I do know this. No matter where you are, 
no matter what you're doing right now, there's more potential in you than you're doing right now. No matter what your education is, no matter what you've done, there's more on the inside of you. And whether you're honest about it or not, well, if you get really honest about it, you have been thinking inside, this limits me from going further. And God this afternoon, he's just trying to stretch you to go further than what you've done before. And some already have got the coast on because you say, well, I'm too old now. Now I'm going to coast. And you say, no, no, you don't have to coast. You're not over. It's not done. There's more that you have to give others. Don't you start coasting yet in life. There's no coasting at coastal, that word. (laughs) Perspective. Look at Dr. Dale Robbins. It's there in your notes. He writes, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems. But I've come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Complaining doesn't change anything or make situations better. It amplifies frustration, spreads discontent and discord, and can invoke an invitation for the devil to cause havoc with our lives. So true. Number five, recognize the spirit of fear will try to hold you back. Now, this is an important one because typically when we hit a limitation, fear will come in and we'll say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Nobody in my family has done that. I can't do that. I don't have enough experience. I can't do that. I can't take this job. I spoke with a lady last night. She came up for prayer. She's been offered, she's working an amazing job. And she says, every once in a while, I'll stop and think, who am I to have this job? I shouldn't have this job. I don't qualify for this job. And it's like fear just clams up around her. She says, what am I doing in the CEO's office? What am I? I, I shouldn't be here. I should be down there somewhere. But, but God's placed her there. And fear will try to come in and limit her. When fear comes in, it takes your power, it takes your love, and it takes your sound mind, right? Because when fear, you're, fear torments. You are incapacitated when fear hits you. Fear, never forget this. If you have one takeaway today, let it be your takeaway. Fear is a spirit. You can't outmuscle fear. You can't, no matter how much you can bench press, how many push-ups you can do, even if you do CrossFit five times a week, you cannot get rid of fear with physical strength. You can't get rid of fear with mental strength. You get rid of fear by addressing it on spiritual terms and saying, fear in Jesus' name, go. Fear, it is written. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus said, my words are life, and they are spirit. So when a spirit of fear comes, the antidote is God's word, which is a spiritual thing, and it takes that, and it causes fear to run. Psalm 91, quote that. If you feel fear coming in, and it's limited you before, you pick up your Bible And literally do this. You pick up your Bible, find Psalm 91. This will drive the devil nuts. Psalm 91. You pick it up and you read it. Say, fear, you're trying to hold me back. Fear, you're lying to me. But it is written, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my fortress and my refuge, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the sayer, the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence. And you read that Psalm 91. And I promise you, I promise you, fear will leave. If it comes back, you said, I told you once, I'll tell you again. And you address fear because fear limits people so often. And you cannot wrestle it. I read an article one time that says, here's how you deal with fear. Sit in a very upright position. Make sure your posture is straight. 
and close your eyes and breathe out all the black clouds. Breathe in all the white energy. Now, that sounds very nice, but to be honest with you, fear does not leave because you breathed out black and breathed in white energy, okay? Now, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of truth to that because the black is the spirit of darkness, but the white energy has to be identified as Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The Word was, Jesus became the light, and the light was the light of man. The light shone in the darkness, the darkness could not overpower. You better identify what your light energy is. It's none other than God, Jesus, His Word. That is the power of God. If you can't get it identified, yes, then fear will leave. But if you don't identify it, they just hang around because you're ignorant. It's not because you don't want it, it's just you don't know. The truth sets you free. Amen? And that is the truth there. Okay. We've got to move on. God help the preacher. I am limited by time this afternoon. <laughs> Number six. But I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord, for the time I have. Number six, watch the way you speak. This is so important. Joel chapter three, it says, let the weak say what? Let the weak say one more time. Right. What does often the weak say? Oh, it's so hard. Oh, my. I was born in this family. Oh, it's so hard. I don't have enough money. Oh, it's so hard. I don't have enough school. Oh, if only I knew that person. Oh, <laughs> No, it says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Speak words of life. And so there's, there's a, in order to overcome limitations, you have to watch the way we speak. Number seven, this is interesting. Understand that limitations are an asset. Yeah, they're not necessarily a liability. It's a weird thing. It's a paradoxical thing. God will take the weaknesses because it brings us to our knees. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am made strong. How does that work? Because it brought him to his knees. He says, I will rejoice the fact that not everything's going perfect because it brings me to a place that I recognize his power and that brings his power on the scene, and that's when I have the breakthroughs. He had a lot of revelations. And he said, I've had a reoccurring problem that's been in my life. But one thing it has done, it has kept me trusting in God's grace. God's grace is sufficient for whatever your limitation is. And in your imperfection, grace is made perfect. So grace is actually uh, released when we come to God and say, God, i got limitations. Would you help me? So it's actually an asset. It doesn't work against us. It can work for us. And we could say much more about that. Um, Sometimes our limitations will actually work as uh, help us to govern ourselves so we don't, uh, you know, let me put it this way. When I was uh, growing up, we had Briggs and Stratton motors on our, on our machinery, augers and so forth. And we'd like to take those motors. They're just little motors they could have on the lawnmower and so forth. And they had governors on them where they could only run so fast. And so what we wanted to do as boys was remove the governors so we could get go-karts and so forth to go faster. And so we'd take off the governors. And my dad had a problem with that because the motors burn out because the limitation is set there so you don't burn out. BMW, for example, and Mercedes and these European car manufacturers, they've all agreed to put governors on the cars so they can't go faster than 255 kilometers an hour. It's pretty fast, but that's, they've agreed we won't go any faster than that. We're going to have a governor on it. So the tires don't blow up and cars don't burn out. There's a governor set on it. Some of your limitations act as a governor. The fact that you have to sleep every day is actually a governor for you so that you don't burn out. Sometimes limitations act as a governor for us so that we can finish the race and actually accomplish what's in our heart to do. Does that make sense? 
So they can act as an asset. Okay, number eight, avoid comparison, comparing yourself to others. This is a big one when it comes to limitations because you know what we're tempted to do? We say, oh, I'm limited here. If I could just have what they have, then I could make it. And we start to look at them, and we look at them, and we start comparing ourselves to them. If I could do this, do this, be like them, then I'd make it. Instead of focusing our eyes on the Lord, instead of focusing our eyes on the dream. Now, in business, you've got to know what everybody else is doing. You have your eyes on competitors and so forth, and that's okay. What's dangerous is when you start comparing yourself, and you take your eyes off your goal and your vision, you take your eyes off God, and you start to just get... This thing turns into jealousy. This thing ter- turns into envy. And if I could warn you about anything, do not, do not, do not let envy and jealousy of what somebody else is doing, oh, man, if I could just be like my older sister, or if I could just be like so-and-so, if I could be like them, if I just had, you know, we hear women say, if I just had their figure and their looks, then I would make it. And envy creeps in, and it's so rotten to you. It just destroys you. It's worse than anger. Anger is expressed. Envy is this cancer that grows on the inside. Look what James has to say about it in your notes there. 3.16, for wherever, wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, and selfish ambition, there, you don't want this, okay? So watch this envy stuff because there will be confusion, Unrest, disharmony, rebellion, all sorts of evil practices, wherever envy is. Sometimes when we're counseling people and they're confused with their life, they don't know what to do, I know what the problem is. They're envious. Because if you're confused and you don't know what to do, likely you can just ask the question. This will help you if you ever go to counsel a friend. I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. Just ask them, who are you envious of? Well, I'm not envious of anybody. Well, you got the symptoms. You got the fruit of it. Make the tree good, the fruit's good. Make the tree bad, the fruit's bad. Confusion, and that is bad fruit. Down below at the root of it is envy and jealousy. I'm preaching to something this afternoon here. I know it's the others, right? It's none of us. It's those other people that have to deal with it, not us. In the book Boundaries, the authors say, The law of envy, they describe it as probably the basis emotion that we have. Envy defines good as what I do not possess and hates the good that it has. Envy begrudges the blessing and successes of others, whereas gratitude recognizes and appreciates God's blessing and other people. Number nine, how do we overcome limitations? Keep learning new skills. This is important. Because a lot of the limitations we have in our life are actually psychological limitations that we have between our ears. We just don't think we can do it. We still have a chain that some limitations put on us earlier in life. It just can't, be, can't happen. There was something called the Bannister effect. And if you know the story about the, the mile, the four-minute mile, Rogers Bannister in the 50s, he was a doctor, and he really focused on his training. He wasn't focused on the fact that people told everybody that if you run the four-minute mile, if you break that record, you will have a heart attack. You physically, the human being is not designed to run faster than four minutes in a mile. But he didn't focus on that. He just kept focused on his training, kept focused on the training. And he ran the mile in 1956, and he broke the record three minutes and 59.4 seconds, but he broke the barrier. And everybody, oh, he didn't die. 
It was a psychological barrier. That year, 37 other runners broke it. The next year, 300 other people broke it. Now it's history. But the barrier was not physical. The limitation was up here. And sometimes our limitation is here. How do we overcome that? Focus on skills. Focus on training. He just kept focusing on his training, and that barrier was broken. And sometimes you look back, oh, I broke through the barrier. And you just, you realize, oh, it's, it's behind me. It becomes this, it's this mental block that gets broken. Wow. God wants us to break through these barriers, these limitations, those that we can't change. He says, hey, you know what? I'll leverage them for my advantage. Glory in them. Nick glories in the fact that he's got no legs or arms. Hey, God, use it to your advantage. Well, I was born in this other country. I was born into poverty and all the rest of it. George Washington, yeah, Carver, he used that to his advantage. And so understand limitations, how you can break through. The last one is consecrate yourself to the dream that God's given to you. You have a dream. You have a vision. God's called us to lead. We have to be consecrated to that. Everybody who's broken through the limitations are very focused on where they're going and what they're doing. And God will give you the grace. His grace is sufficient. There's more than enough grace to accomplish what God has put in your heart to do. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.